Listen. Welcome to the Hey Listen Games Cast, episode 117. My name is Jeffrey Morse. We have a full-length episode. We're back in action here this week, and joining me here today is the Nathan Wagner. Hype, hype, hype! All that hype. I mean, <laughs> how could we not be hyped after last week's Super Smash Bros. Ultimate Direct? We will be talking all about our impressions on the three newcomers who have been announced for the roster as well as uh, many other news stories we, we have a lot of news to catch up on. Uh, like uh, how to turn up the brightness in Smash Bros. I'm interested <laughs> in those nitty-gritty details. Well, there's also been uh, a little cowboy game that's come out that I know a lot of people have been playing. Yep. Nathan, you just picked up uh, I yesterday. I did just get it yesterday. So, so we'll be talking uh, early impressions. Talk some early Red Dead impressions as well. Um, and yeah, we are going to be talking about our favorite strategy games this week. Uh, which feels kind of weird without Rob, because he loves strategy games, but Sally was not able to, to make the show uh, here tonight. So uh, we did did talk to him, though. We'll be sharing uh, you know, some of his recommended strategy games for you guys. And uh, hopefully, if you're uh, looking to dip your toes into a good strategy game, you'll uh, get a couple of good recommendations from us, at least. Exactly. So uh, anyways, let's jump straight into the Super Smash Bros. Ultimate uh, Direct News. Um I this think happened Thursday, November first, right? Thursday, yeah, Thursday morning, seven a.m. You know, woke up bright and early for this one, and uh, they announced the final three uh, newcomers uh, to Super Smash Bros. Ultimate, and it is Incineroar, which is the fire wrestling heel Pokemon, <laughs> the Pokemon starter from Pokemon Sun and Moon. Yeah, yeah, it was like little little kitty or whatever was uh, the I don't, first one. I don't remember what I'm his not, first form was. In my my first. My 10 hours I put into Pokemon Sun, um, that was the starter I chose. But I never oh, got, really? I never got to Incineroar. I, I chose so. the uh, I chose Decidueye, who was the grass, the owl. The grass, the grass one. okay. Yeah. This well, is my first ever grass Pokemon. Since you did start with the grass one, you like Decidueye. I know there's a lot of fans yeah. who wanted Decidueye in as well. Um, do you think Incineroar was the right pick out of the starters from Sun and Moon? Because we kind of had an idea it would probably yeah. be one of those starters from that series. Um, I'm a little surprised because I think Decidueye was the more popular Pokemon from that from yeah. that game. And he was in Pokémon, right? Uh, I think he was. I think you're right. Yeah, um, in the Switch version, I think they added him in. Yeah, I think they added him in, him in later. Um, but... I think uh, Incineroar looks really cool. Like the move, the fact that he's like a pro wrestler and he like <laughs> celebrates and kind of taunts after every single move he does is awesome. Yeah, it looks hilarious and, to play as. Yeah, he look he just looks like a fun character to play as. Um, and he looks like he could be not super unique, but could have some interesting moves. Yeah, um, he, he definitely. When they went through his moveset, I'm like, oh, these moves all look pretty cool. Even his like counter, it like basically stores up and makes your next attack do extra damage, so it's not your typical counter. He he looks better than Lucario. That's what I'll say. Uh, yes, yes, <laughs> I will forever endorse that statement right there. <laughs> Lucario has been like my least used fighter on like the last two Smash games, yeah. and. Anyways, um, other uh, newcomer they announced was Ken, who is a Echo Fighter of uh, Ryu, which, I mean, who didn't see this coming, right? Like, they have Ryu in there already. Like, he was the DLC fighter for the last one, so it wouldn't have made sense for, you know, Smash 4 to put Ken in since they already added Ryu as DLC. I, I love the but. fact that they, like, pointed out that Ken was, like, an Echo Fighter originally in Street Fighter for, yes. for Ryu <laughs> stuff like Originally, that. Ken was the first Echo Fighter in Smash Bros. history because... He's essentially Ken, just very slightly different. And Sensei we have Ryu, yeah. Many, many uh, Echo Fighters now in Smash Bros. Uh, but no, they did a great job showing all the little details of you know how he's different. He's a little bit yeah. faster. His final smash is different. Like his final smash when he shoots like the pillar of flame straight up into the sky, it's 
literally ripped straight from Marvel vs. Capcom 2 from like, you know, the 90s. So I just saw him like, oh my gosh, like so many memories playing Ken in that game. So um, I think it's great to have Ken in there. I was always more of a Ken guy than Ryu. Mm -hmm. And I have to say the render for Ken like is beautiful. Like I, I really like Street Fighter V and the art style. I enjoyed it for the most part, but like Ken just looked terrible in that game. Like I don't know what they were doing, but he looks so beautiful with the long flowing like blonde hair and... He just looks amazing in Smash, so I'm really excited Ken's here as well. Yeah, he, he, he looks like a lot of fun. Um, they did a weird thing, or Sakurai did a weird thing, where they announced those two fighters, and he's like, all right, that's it. That's all <laughs> the fighters in Smash Bros. 74, and everyone's like, well, if you're at 74, why don't you just add, at yeah. least add one more to make it 75? It sounds You better, knew there right? was something coming later in the yeah, direct. Yeah, exactly. Um, and so, yeah, right, right at the end of the direct, uh, they said, wait, we have one more thing. And they showed this, you know, strange trailer of Mario walk, walking around like he's looking like he's angry. And uh, basically, there's a piranha plant that starts chomping people. And that's right. Piranha plant is basically the final uh, character that they revealed um, to be in Smash. And he is not He won't be in the game in the at game. launch. Yes. Yeah. So he is DLC. Um, but he is coming... It sounds relatively soon. They said a, a probably a, around um, February is is what they they were hinting at. Yeah, a couple of months after launch. But the great thing is, even though he is DLC, he will be uh, free for the first month of Smash. So if you buy Smash digitally, um, you get him automatically to the game. If you buy it physically, you just have to register your game card with my Nintendo, which super easy to do. Um, yeah, you get a free character. Um, so I mean, this is essentially seventy five characters for majority of people who are going to be picking this game up on switch as of now yep um which is really cool and i mean it's a freaking piranha plant like this has been a great year for sidekick characters <laughs> in the mario universe first we had chain chomp learns how to play tennis <laughs> as well as spike spike takes the court and then we have super mario party where goomba learns how to like fry cook and like pedal a bicycle and do all these things he and learns how to do all of these things without hands yeah, which, which is the most impressive <laughs> thing so we had all these crazy sidekick characters like hammer bros was a character in mario party yeah. and now we have the piranha plant the least uh probably expected character yeah. to join in i just love this announcement because it shows that you know we never really know what's going to make it into it's Smash, the, what the craziest... It's the it doesn't Smash, really follow like, any what logic. is going on announcement. The same thing as the Wii Fit Trainer from Smash yeah, 4. exactly. Like, what? And we, I mean, if you think but, about it, we didn't really get kind of a joke or gag character like we have in past Smash games. You know, I think of, you know, Game & Watch, uh, Wii Fit Trainer, Duck Hunt, you know, all those type of characters are kind of like, what are they doing here? But we have one now, and it looks amazing. He looks super fun to play as. And like it, this isn't PD Piranha. Like PD Piranha is his final smash, but this is just, just a regular piranha old plant. Piranha yeah, Plant. Basically, he his move set looks really really fun. Like it looks very unique and interesting, and I'm excited mm -hmm. just because it's not like just another sword wielding character or something yeah. like that. Like it's it it'll be a very unique and fun. Yeah, character and to I play thought as. it would be kind of like um, I think it was Super Mario Party or Mario Party Three had a uh, Piranha Plant like. As kind of like a ally character in one of the modes where he'd kind of walk around with you and like fight with you. And he had like little like pedals that he'd walk around on. But this is like full on piranha plant in a pot. And <laughs> he like hops around like a veggie tail. Well, <laughs> you can see he has tiny little pedals. Actually, there's this oh, one really? screenshot that ha shows he has tiny little pedal feet underneath the pot <laughs> that he runs with. So, that is so yeah, just, you, you are correct in your assertion. Of but it, he's of, like in a pot. I'm yeah, like, no, he's, he's in, in a pipe. So it's, <laughs> it's pretty great. So it, I think it's super cool. I, you better believe I pre-ordered that nice uh, yep. curvy amiibo. 
Um, so yeah, Piranha Plant will be joining the battle. Um, and then they also did announce that five more characters will be coming as DLC, um, and they'll come with stages and their own unique music. And Sakurai um, even posted an update today saying that they've kind of already decided those five, and Nintendo has really been the one who's decided those five characters, and they're working on them now. And uh, you can get all of them together for a $25 season pass, or I think it's six bucks uh, per piece if you wanted to do that. But it was pretty cool where he did say in the video, he's like, hey, you know, we're still ahead of time for $25. You get a little bonus if you get the season pass. If we hope you only buy this if you're really confident in the value. And like, we're announcing this DLC pretty much, it you know, was, with zero, you know what's coming. It was right? hilarious because he basically apologized for announcing a season pass that he couldn't reveal what was in it yet. Yeah. Which, like, every other company in the world does that. And you're just like, okay. I mean, that's kind of just a part of gaming now at this point. Yeah, yeah, but exactly. But they. <laughs> We're like, we're sorry. We feel really bad. Only buy it if you trust us. If not, just wait. You can always buy it later. Yeah, and you see, like, you know, Ubisoft and other people in the industry, and that's not what they do. It's like, part of the special the ultimate edition now with the season pass, and we know nothing, but please get it. And yeah, yeah. Sakurai is very, yep, yeah, you know, if you're confident in the value, go for it, but just wait. And I'm in the option where, you know, the last Smash game, I did buy all the DLC. Mm -hmm. I probably will end up getting all of it, but... At the same time, you know, I'm not buying the season pass right away. I'm going to wait yeah. to see what's kind of coming. And if it's five Fire Emblem characters, I'm out. <laughs> so, uh, you know, we'll we'll see see what happens there. But, yeah. Um, yeah, other than that, what stuck out to you about uh, Smash Bros that you wanted to uh, uh, um, chat about? Anything get you excited other than the new characters? The... I think the new characters was the biggest thing. I thought it was really interesting because I watched the I watched the direct kind of on my own. I was like, that was a great direct. Like they talked about the spirits mode yeah. and that looked cool. And then at the single end, they showed, player off, showed off World amazing. of Light, which is the single player, which looks really really cool. And then I went on Twitter and everyone was like, Oh my gosh, what a terrible direct! We're all so mad because I don't a week before either. there had been that Grinch like rumor that ended up not oh, being true. That's that's why. Yeah. Um and. Basically, this guy had done this fake rumor that a lot of people thought was true, and it had, like, Banjo-Kazooie as one of the characters and everyone else who people have been asking for. Like, um, the guy from uh, from Mario RPG, Gino. Oh, Gino. I think Isaac other people. was in So there. I think people's yeah. expectations had kind of been set, and then when they only added two new characters and, like, they weren't the most exciting characters in the world. Like, it was, like, a Pokemon, which we always knew there was going to be new Pokemon. And then and an Echo Fighter and an Echo of Ryu. Yeah. Ryu. Mm -hmm. So, I, I think people were upset about that. Yeah. So, that, that was, was kind of kind surprising of to me. But, but we got Piranha Plant. Like, no, no I, I was excited. Guy. Like, Piranha Plant was yeah. great. Um, I'm interested in Spirits mode. I was a little surprised that they're taking out trophies. Because yeah. that's been a staple of, like, were they, I think, since Melee? I'm yeah, since, sure. since Melee. And really, even since the original. The original one had fighters for the... Trophies for the eight or twelve fighters the in the game, the and yeah, melee kind of introduced hey fighters or trophies from every possible you know thing, um, but I, I mean the spirits mode is kind of a replacement where it looks like he's expanding those way beyond what they oh there was do with so many like random characters from like series that are like very kind of niche totally. and not. And I was, was like, like, I don't even know who some of these characters are. There's tons of, like, third-party characters, too. Like, yeah. there's tons of Sonic characters and Mega Man characters. Snake, like, Metal Gear Konami, Solid characters. Yeah, tons of Castlevania things. There was, you know, the the Rabid Peach and Rabid Donkey Kong. And, like, just all sorts of different characters. I mean, I think I saw Shantae in there. And so, like, I think that's really cool that they're doing that because, you know, to make a 3D model for every single one of those things is yeah. not possible. And they realize that, and so they kind of... Put into the spirits mode, which looks like, you know, kind of like almost like the new version of the Amiibo fighter with the yeah. little 
items that you would uh, equip on them and stuff. So um, that mode looks pretty cool. Um, but I think that's really the single player that's getting me excited. Yeah. Like, seeing that amazing cutscene and like seeing like a world map. Um, I just am really excited to dig into that and play it. You know, I feel like that'll be what I'll play when I'm on the go. Yeah. It's just dig into that. What did you, uh, what did you think of the online? Cause they showed that and they, it's, it's not for fun or for glory anymore. Instead yeah. it's, um, basically you kind of set your own rules, what you want to play. And then mm-hmm. it looks for players. I, I hope it works is what yeah, I'll say. Exactly. Like, you're, you're skeptical. Yeah. I mean, I, I kind of like the for glory one. Cause that's what I normally played was just the one one for glory. And it was a pretty easily, you know, agree, agreed upon rules for most, you know, hardcore smash players. Um, but that being said, you know, it sounded like once you play enough and get your smash power up enough, you get to play like a exclusive mode that is for the hardcore. So it seems like that will kind of be the replacement for, for glory. So I'm not too yeah. worried. Um, however, I, I am excited about the ability to open up lobbies. Um, cause all fighting games do this online now, but we've never had this in smash. And so, um, basically you can set up a lobby to be private or public, uh, Sakurai said, and you can join a lobby and you can spectate the people who are currently fighting. You can tag in or out and you can, you know, order, oh, you know, I got next game. You could do it with, um, I don't even remember how many people, but you could have multiple, multiple people on there. And even if there's four people fighting, you can have, you know, four people on the sideline watching and getting in on the next round. And I feel like when we're playing like Smash, that's, that's probably how what we'll, we'll do. We'll, we'll be in a lobby. Yeah, we'll do a yeah. lobby. And yeah. if, hey, you know, we all want a four player. Oh, hey, you know, Nathan, that's you, me, 1v1. And other people can watch and we'll kind of switch out that way. Yeah. And um, I'm really excited for that option. I hope that works as well as advertised. And the fact that you can make it public as well, I think it's cool. So you can. That's nice. It's so you're not in like a Splatoon situation for a long time yeah. where you're like, oh, we have three people for Splatfest. We need one more, but yeah. we can't get one you more. You can open up to play with other people. That, yeah. So like you and me could play against other people online yeah. like that way. Or even I was thinking like, um, you know, let's say I really want to play against someone who's a. I don't know, like a Pikachu main or something, you know, I can put that in my preferences is, Hey, you know, uh, training against Pikachus or looking for it to play a Pikachu. And you, it's almost kind of like a built-in LFG yeah. in a way too. So, um, I think it's really cool. Hopefully it works well. It didn't look like there was an invite system, which makes me sad, but no, no yeah. switch game really has well, that. Just, so. Yeah. Just keep using our phones, I guess. Yeah. They announced the mobile, uh, app tie-in as if it was some amazing feature. And it's like, no. And everyone's like, no. why? So we'll see what they do with uh, that. Nintendo. But um, any, anyways. But one more thing I wanted to mention um, that I was a little bit sad about was it looks like there's no stage creator this time. Unless they oh, yeah. just didn't talk about that. Which, rest in peace, Smash Ball. One of the, the greatest, <laughs> greatest Smash modes that was created by the community. That was so. really, yeah, really one of the only things I did in stage creator for Smash 4. I really yeah. like playing some of those custom maps. You could uh, you get ideas from yeah, them. Yeah, so. That's a little bit sad. And I feel like no, it could come back in like a it, it could, yeah. No, I, I don't know for sure, but they didn't talk about it in yeah. the direct, so I assume. What and was then it? no uh, Break the Targets either, which I think was not in Smash 4. Oh, the, really? Oh. I don't think so, unless I missed one from earlier. I mean, yeah. But... I don't think they deconfirmed it, but they probably would have yeah, talked about it. Like, both it. of those things, yeah. they could still be in there. Like, they haven't said this isn't in there, yeah. but I don't think they've talked about it in yeah, there. And things like Classic Mode and All-Star, I don't know if they've talked about, but... I, would I assume classic mode there. has to be in there still. Yeah. Like. So yeah, I'll be interested to see you know all the different single player modes that are in yep. there. I'm excited that we do seem to have pretty two robust, fun to play uh, single player modes in Spirits yeah. and the uh, what's the the main one called? Uh, oh, um, the World Infinity of Light. War one. <laughs> the War of Light. Yeah. World of Light. Looks yeah. cool. Where you play as Kirby and you save the world with the lyrics. Yes. <laughs> um, anyways, moving on. Um, BlizzCon was this last week, and uh, for those of you who don't know, BlizzCon is a 
giant convention that uh, Blizzard uh, puts on every year to kind of celebrate all their games and uh, make new announcements. And uh, um, tons and tons of Blizzard uh, gamers uh, always convene there. And uh, there's been a lot of controversy this week because Blizzard, um, before going into the show, put a blog post about a month ago saying, hey, we know Diablo fans, you're excited for more Diablo. We got multiple projects we're working on. We have one that we know you guys have really been waiting on for a long time, aka Diablo 4, but it's not quite ready to show yet. So we have, we you may see something at BlizzCon about a Diablo project, but we have multiple ones we're working on. And they come out and announce a Diablo mobile game called Diablo Immortal. And I saw it, I'm like, oh sweet, like I'll probably check that out, probably for you to play, and you know, it'll be fun to mess around with. And the backlash from the fans at the convention was so bad that if you watch any clips from Blizzard talking about Immortal on the stage, like at the announcement or the Q&A, it's just filled with boos. The crowd is literally booing the developers for announcing this game. And the first question at the Q&A panel, a guy comes up and goes, um, so please tell me this is an April Fool's joke that's come early. And they were like, uh, no. Oh, the question was? Yeah. Oh, like, and as, as the guy asked oh, that, everyone was clapping. No. Like, yeah, th- this is a this is a joke of a game. And uh, another Blizzard employee kind of came under fire because he said, is this coming to PC? Because most Blizzard fans are pretty yeah. dedicated PC players. And he's like, uh, no, you know, it's a mobile game. And, you know, do you guys not have smartphones? Like, you know, everyone has a phone. And the kind of community kind of took that as if it was a slap in the face. How dare you? Uh, disgrace the PC gamers that built Blizzard into the successful company it was. And uh, Nathan, what's your take on this? Do you think the fans are justified uh, in their, their so outrage? I have two things. First off, that um, Blizzard uh, community post or whatever, um, I hadn't heard about that until you told me that before when we were talking before the mm-hmm. show tonight. So I think part of that is just, it's just doesn't get as much traction or attention because it's a blog post as opposed to mm-hmm an announcement at BlizzCon, so I think maybe a lot of people hadn't heard about that. And two, just relates to the point that you were just making, that most Blizzard fans are PC players. A lot of PC players tend to be, Specifically be a little bit more... BlizzCon, yeah, going BlizzCon. to the convention. Yeah, exactly, at BlizzCon. And a lot of PC... Some PC players tend to be a little bit more elitist. Like, we all know those people who are like, we play on PC, that's the best way to play, mm-hmm. et cetera, et cetera. And so they, they just tend to look down on things like mobile games. And so, well... I guess it's not that surprising, although it's really sad to hear that they booed and were just like, yeah, like when the developers announcing their game, like if you're booing that, at, that's like a convention a with big, your huge fans, convention with your fans, that is <laughs> yeah. that is not a good look. Yeah, and you know it, it'll probably be free to play, probably have some microtransactions to try to, you know, get some extra money from players and stuff. But you know, it's one of those things that, you know, it's not going to detract from Diablo 4's um, development time it's not you know it's something if you don't want to try it you don't have to you know i didn't see any of this outrage when fire emblem came to mobile or animal crossing came to mobile sure there's fans that said i want a real animal crossing game and you knew that was still probably coming and sure enough it got announced you know yeah. later in the year yeah. but you know it it doesn't or i think it makes business sense you know to dip your toes in a mobile game market and try putting diablo there and I think, uh, you know, fans should give the game a chance. I'm excited to try it out myself. Yeah, it, it's a game that actually I can see myself 
pretty easily playing on a phone versus mm-hmm. something like the Mario, like Super Mario Brothers, which I was like, how are you going to play Mario on a phone? Yeah. And then they made it work. But. Yeah, yeah, totally. Uh, only thing I'm concerned about is like maybe lack of buttons or controls because like <laughs> I think about like how many different moves I have with my Diablo character in Diablo 3 and there's like eight different like possible moves. So there'll be buttons everywhere or figure out a simplistic move set, but um, should should hopefully be a be a good time and um yeah i mean i really want diablo 3 on switch and so this is going to be <laughs> what i'm going to try to play instead because it'll save me 60 dollars. but um anyways um new overwatch hero was also announced at blizzcon this is the other main uh, news piece that we wanted to chat about um, it's a new hero named ash and she's uh basically kind of a sniper um she has a range like rifle she can throw tnt and detonate it she's western themed, um, like yeah she's a... yeah she's kind of like a female mccree in a way um definitely looks like a cow cowboy cowgirl um best part though is her ultimate move she spawns this giant robot like bruiser named bob like literally his name is bob and he goes and he like fights for you and he can like help you cap a point even or like uh, uh move the payload and stuff and she looks uh super fun she's not just like a Widowmaker clone like it's you know, she does have more mid-range options, and her ult looks super, super unique. So I'm excited to uh, play as her. She's on the PTR right now if you're on PC. But, uh, yeah, did you uh, have any thoughts on Ash? She she looks look cool. I I haven't – honestly, I haven't played Overwatch in probably like a year. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if this will get me to jump back in. But I, I do think it's really neat that Blizzard continually – keeps bringing new characters yeah. to the game and each the fact that they can make a character that each has like a specific move set mm-hmm. that doesn't feel like a clone of their character with now they're up to like what 28 characters in the game or something yeah like that. that's very added impressive a lot. and kaplan even said the community director said yeah we have like six other characters we're still toying around with wow. and, you know trying to yeah perfect and bring into the game at some point so a lot of support still for overwatch and it actually did for me i hadn't played in a really long time but I popped it in last night and played a couple rounds of quick play and it felt really good and I hadn't played as a you know wrecking ball yet so that was a lot of fun playing as him. Oh yeah, wrecking wrecking ball is fun. I actually I lied. I did jump in <laughs> when wrecking ball came out and played with okay, it yeah. a little bit. So. so so it does work putting those new yeah. characters gets you back in. Um, so yeah, um, other than that, uh, we did want to highlight real quickly that at BlizzCon um, they announced that Destiny 2 is now free for a limited time on the PC um, through Battle.net. And basically this was the first anniversary of Destiny 2 coming out on PC. Um, Cause obviously Activision um, and Blizzard, you know, are uh, owned, uh, you know, owned together. Parent company, yeah. Yeah, parent company and uh, Destiny 2 is on Battle.net. So if you have heard us talk about Destiny 2 in the show and you uh, wanted to give it a spin, uh, you can try it out for free on PC. I think they're doing a free game at weekend this this weekend so that's like the best mode in destiny so yeah love it um definitely check it out and if you like it, you know you can uh, pick up the expansion um so moving on uh the playstation one uh has got a classic edition officially announced uh sony is bringing out uh 20 games on this thing and they finally have announced the full list of games um now disclaimer nathan and i both didn't grow up with the ps1 so we don't have a lot of nostalgia for the system but looking at this list we Myself, personally, I only had five games that I had ever played um, out of the 20 that made the cut. And as I was looking through there, there was a lot of games missing that I was very surprised that weren't there. Um, Like any of the Wipeout games, um, Castlevania Symphony of the Night. Um, I would have loved to see Spyro on there. Um, But 
I mean, obviously some of these games, a lot of these games that aren't on there have been kind of remastered and ported over to modern consoles. So it seems like Sony is being kind of intentional and saying, Hey, you know, you like Spyro, you like crash, you gotta, you know, buy the remastered modern, more expensive versions. But was there any games on the, the PS1 classic that you were excited about, or maybe were bummed that didn't make the final cut? So the only game that I was like, oh, that that sounds interesting. I kind of wish I could play that is um, the original Rayman, which is oh, on yeah. there, which um, I had to have never played the original, but I've played other Rayman games that I've enjoyed. So that I was like, oh, that's kind of cool. But um, like I'm the same as you. I haven't played. Grow, I didn't grow up with a PlayStation, so I haven't played a lot of these games. And there's a couple that just really confused me, like Tom Clancy's Rainbow Six, like the original. Like I, I, I didn't even. <laughs> I don't think I'd want to go back yeah, to that. I don't. Even if I, I feel like that one does probably doesn't hold up very well. Um, and there were a couple other ones that yeah. were kind of you know like Metal Gear Solid's on there, which the original know. Grand Theft Auto, Auto is on there, which I mean. <laughs> I feel like that series didn't really take off or do well until Grand Theft Auto Three, so yeah, maybe for historic yeah. reasons it makes sense. But so I mean I don't know. It's it's hundred dollars. It's definitely targeted towards you know people who grew up with it. Yeah, it's and for collectors. So I'm sure we'll still sell some, but um, I wouldn't expect this. Um, I don't think this is gonna be selling you know NES Classic, Super NES Classic, you know, numbers or anything. I, like I have that. heard a bunch of people say that they think this confirms that they're making a uh, Crash Racing remake because. They were surprised that that game wasn't on the list, and oh, yeah. since those Crash Bandicoot games did really well a couple years ago, yeah, that, would uh, make that wouldn't be surprising. But anyways, let us know if you're uh, excited or planning on picking up a PS1 Classic. Um, from what I saw on our Twitter feed, most of our followers are uh, pretty ho hum on the on the final game list. Um, so Red Dead Redemption Two is officially out in the wild, and uh, Nathan, uh, can you tell us a little bit of how successful the launch of this little game? Uh, yeah. So this this news is about a week old, but um, Red Dead announced, um, I believe it was last week on Monday, like the Monday bef before Halloween, that Red Dead Redemption 2 had the most successful opening weekend of any entertainment property ever. Uh, so they made more than $750 million is basically what they said. Um, Nathan, game if launched you made Friday, $750 million in one week, what would you do? Uh, <laughs> what would you go? <laughs> I would probably go to... I don't know, some tropical place somewhere and, and just hang out for, for a week. You or wouldn't so. even make a divot in your uh, bank yeah, account there. Exactly. But yeah, that that's crazy. So by biggest media opening, do you mean like bigger than like bigger than GTA like GTA or what? Bigger uh so bigger than like Star Wars, the Force um what? Force Awakens. Force Awakens, um, or Last Jedi or any other entertainment. So property. even like any movie opening. And to you have to qualify this a little bit because um, GTA Five in the first week it launched came out, it made one billion dollars. But the way they they kind of get through that loophole is GTA Five launched on a Tuesday and this launched on a Wednesday. So they say weekend versus gotcha. versus full week. But still, it's kind of very impressive <laughs> number, and the game is selling very very well. Yeah, um, and that's not really which a is not a surprise <laughs> considering that it has like a ninety seven on Metacritic. And, 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 you know, people have been waiting and begging for this people game have been since waiting, the yeah. last one. This game is, what, eight years in the making? Yeah, exactly. Grant, so. This is the first, like, original game for the new consoles, which is crazy because... Oh, yeah, because like, GTA 5 five years into, was uh, 360 PS3 Yeah, originally. and then they ported yeah. it over to Didn't to think about PS4, that, yeah. So. so, yeah, um, good for Rockstar. Hopefully uh, they can use part of that $750 million to pay their uh, overtime employees uh, some more money. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, yeah, we'll talk a little more Red Dead uh, towards the end of the show. Um, kind of some uh, early impressions on the game. 
I do want to quickly go over some uh, Nintendo Switch numbers. Um, it's kind of gotten to the point where I think the Switch is starting to pick up a lot more traction. Uh, this year, you know, it's sold modestly, not as uh, hot as uh, the first year. Uh, but I think getting into this holiday season, Smash is just around the corner. Smash Bundle just came out. Pokemon, obviously, is coming out in a week or two, um, where it's starting to pick up the sales for those holiday numbers. And Nintendo has announced um, as of uh, October, the Switch has sold 22.86 million units, which is about 23 million, um, which, to give you an idea, is more than the GameCube sold in its entire lifetime. Yeah, it's outsold the GameCube now, which is yep. a pretty big milestone in, what, 18 months? Yeah, about a year and a half. I already outsold the GameCube's lifetime sales, which is crazy to me because as a kid, like, all my friends, like, everyone had a GameCube. We all played Smash at anyone's house. We knew, you know, we'd be able to play GameCube. But um, I think it just goes to show you that the Switch is continuing to sell well and. uh I looked at a trajectory of kind of where it lines up to where PS4 was, and it's about at the same rate uh, PS4 was in its life cycle, first 18 months, uh, sold about 23 million as well. So I'm still looking really good for the Switch, and you know you have to remember that it did launch in the spring, so it's really only had that one holiday in sales so far. Yeah, I'm curious to see, because I think in the fiscal year so far, I saw it's they've basically sold 5 million since the new fiscal year started, which is in mm, April, yeah. which is they projected... 20 million in the coming fiscal year so they're technically behind pace of what their projections were yeah. so i'm curious to see how it does in the holiday season yep. and um what happens now the real interesting number here is super mario odyssey sold over 12 million units and super mario or mario kart 8 deluxe was just under 12 million units uh which means that over half of the nintendo switch owners around the world own these two games mario odyssey and mario kart 8 deluxe you were to visit every single switch owner's house over half of them would own these two games like both of these games not just one of them like both Bo both of them which um i think just goes to show number one the power of mario yes and number two just you know the reason people buy nintendo consoles and why you know nintendo will continue to make hardware till they go bankrupt is because people will buy the hardware for just these to play first party like games. you're People are buying a Switch just to play Mario and Zelda and Mario Kart and these other games. Like, no one's buying it to get third-party games or anything else. It's for yeah. these games. You know, and the Switch has gotten better third-party support than, you know, the Wii U and yeah, stuff. Yeah, definitely. And I've picked up, you know, way more indies than I have on any other platform, and it's got those other things. But at the same time, like, I was looking through my game collection, you know, after I picked up Mario Party, and I'm like, I have, like, five physical games that all have Mario in the title. Well, <laughs> like, and I, I mean, I think it, it speaks to the first year the Switch was out on the market. Like, it had a very strong lineup. There was a lot of great, you know, Nintendo games coming out. And I played my t Switch a ton last year. Mm -hmm. This year, in comparison, I haven't played it as much. Yeah. Um, and even though there have been a lot of great indie games coming out, just the fact that I'm not pick, play, picking up to play those Nintendo games as much means I'm not playing as many great indie games. I'm not buying as many, etc. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So. Yeah, that's a good point. I, I think I'm right with you there. I've definitely played more PS4 than Switch this year, uh, which is, you know, not the same as last year. But then again, Smash Bros. is taking yes. over my life in December. Smash so. Bros. comes out in a month. Pokemon comes out in like a week and a half. So yeah. Nintendo will be completely fine, I'm sure. Yeah, and they have a pretty strong lineup for 2019 with Animal Crossing, uh, possibly Metroid, Bayonetta 3, Yoshi, Fire Emblem. like Another Pokemon, possibly. Yeah. Luigi's Mansion 3. Oh. like. Oh my goodness! Yeah, so so <laughs> many good all games. Of that, something's gonna of. slip because if all of that comes out in 2019, that would be insane. Yeah, but still a lot of good games to uh, look out. I think this year they kind of filled it with a lot of 
Uh, kind of side ports, titles yeah. and ports at the beginning of the year, yeah. which is and uh, the new fine. Super Mario Brothers port is going to come out right as soon as the new year starts oh, yeah. in January. So. Which you know, don't sleep on that. I'm game. sure that, that game will sell very well. That sold, I think, over eight million units, and that was on the Wii U. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and mm-hmm. I would be very surpri- very shocked if it didn't do similar numbers on the Switch. Yeah, because um, you know, pretty much every game they've ported over has outsold the Switch or the Wii U versions. So. And 2D Mario is the best selling. Yeah, people, Nintendo people, franchise. There's no TD Mario on the Switch yeah. yet. Like, you know, it's going to be almost two years until that comes out. Um, but anyways, um, that was some Nintendo Switch numbers for you. Um, we're going to jump into our second segment. Today, we're going to be talking about strategy games. Um, so kind of to kick things off here, uh, we were going to have Rob kind of give us a, you know, what's what for strategy games. Um, but basically, we're going to be talking about games, you know, that focus really on the skillful thinking and planning to really achieve victory. That's what we kind of think of when we think of strategy games. You know, it's a game you're going to have to think about. You're not just going to run in and button mash or, you know, not necessarily just purely, you know, Twitch or skill-based like a FPS or a platformer. You have to really think and kind of plan out um, what you're going to do. So um, when you think of a strategy game, Nathan, like are you looking for more of like a strategic or like more like tactics um, or Maybe like logistical challenge. Like, what do you kind of look forward uh, to when you are playing strategy games? Um, I think at this point in my life, it's probably more of like the strategy RPG genre. It's probably the strategy type of game I've played the most in the last two or three years. Mm-hmm. Um, when I was a little bit younger, I played a lot of a lot more like stra- RTSs, real time strategy games. Um, whether it was like Age of Empires two mm-hmm. or Battle for Middle Earth. Um, or Battle for Middle Earth 2, yeah. um, and games like That's that. That's what I usually think of, too, when I think of strategy. I and, think of more of the RTS type stuff. Yeah, yeah. but I think recently, like, um, Mario and uh, Cross Rabbids on Switch was re- really got me into that. I've mm-hmm. played Fire Emblem a little bit, which yeah, is a strategy Yeah, more RPG. turn-based strategy. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I really like turn-based. Like, um, do you guys, or do you seem like you used to like real-time strategy more, but now you kind of like the turn-based um, real time is obviously more like by quickly clicking around and sending guys, you know, in time to defend and attack yeah. things. While turn based, you know, you can completely take as much time as you want between moving your guys, and you're not going to move till yeah. you give the specific order, and you can think and plan it out with as much time as I you think, want. Um, I think actually, so like real time strategy, I still like that in theory. It's just that I don't have a PC that I play games on anymore, yeah. and those games. There are very few real-time strategy games on consoles, and a lot of times just the controls don't work as well as a mouse sure. and keyboard. <laughs> and so I think the fact that I don't play on PC as much as, as opposed had, to when I was younger yeah. and I played if you, on If you're on primarily PC playing PC, you'd probably play more real-time yeah, strategy exactly. just because of the platform. Just because of the platform. Which, yeah, exactly. PC is built for, for those type of games totally with uh, mouse controls and keyboard and everything. The, the other game I played, I don't know if this is like a... what If it would be like a real-time simulation game or what this would be, but I played... Mm-hmm. There was a period of time where for like two or three weeks, about four or five months ago, I played Tropico 5. Oh, nice. A ton, which is a like kind of simulation. Like it's like a civilization, civilization type, game, right? type Kind of, but it's it's real time. So you're experiencing events and armies are attacking and stuff like that. And you start in a certain age and you go up and up. So it's yeah. more like a real time strategy game. But it's on, I played on a PS4 and the controls weren't perfect. But it was a really fun fun game that I enjoyed and kind of rekindled my interest in, nice. in RTSs. Yeah, it's always fun kind of kicking back with some of those games. And they can be kind of relaxing at times until, like, you know, the inevitable war or something comes yeah, exactly. and destroys your city. Um, but, yeah, I think 
I'm kind of similar. I kind of grew up playing more RTS type games, um, like Age of Empires, and I really, really loved the Battle for Middle Earth games because um, you know it just took all that Lord of the Rings lore and put it into a really fun universe. Um, but for me, I think nowadays when I'm looking at whether or not I want to play a strategy game, I'm really looking for like um, kind of like with I think of games like Halo Wars Two um, and like Pikmin uh, Three. Um, I think of really like the multitasking uh, aspect of it where um, I want to like send, okay, I'm going to send these units or things over here. I'm going to have this guy go over here and do this and kind of have multiple things all going on at once. And when you accomplish that like successfully, like you just, I don't know, I just get this feeling just like, yes, like I'm doing so many things at it the same feels time. Really good, yeah. yeah, it feels really good when you are achieving multiple things simultaneously, like across, you know, a map or a battlefield or whatever. And, even games like you know Fire Emblem with turn-based or Mario Plus Rabbids, you do that as well, right? You can, you know, send Luigi to go flank people up here and snipe, and you can go send uh, you know Mario up close to use a close-up attack, and kind of you know splitting your troops up and doing multiple things at the same time. Yeah. Um, I think the other thing that I enjoy about strategy games is just the sense of progression, especially games like Age of Empires and stuff like that, mm-hmm. where you're starting, say, in the Dark Ages, and you're continually upgrading different things to unlock more troops to unlock more efficient ways to to mine and to farm and to kind of upgrade and build your city or your your world Mm -hmm. um, as you might say yeah and you can see like the the difference in like the upgrades and like when you go progress and stuff like very like clearly in strategy games which i really like i feel like a lot of like rpg and just other games in general sometimes like the progression can be very very slow and grindy well like a lot of the times with strategy games like when you upgrade a thing, like, oh my gosh, like that made a really big difference. Like right away, you can kind of see um, what that did. And then that can in turn affect your strategy and how you then play the game or use certain characters in certain ways. Yeah, and th- I think that's one of the things that I've really enjoyed about Mario and Rabbids is um, not only were you unlocking characters, but there was so many different weapons that you could and abilities that each character had that mm-hmm. you would unlock um, relatively quickly and early on in yeah. the game. And so that felt really and, good. And you could well. respec any of your characters at any time. Yeah. So like, I built, you know, my Luigi to be uh, really good at jumping on enemies' heads and doing damage that way. But then I wanted to switch it up. I could, you know, take the points back and use it a different way. Which I like when it gives you the freedom to be flexible too. Yeah. Um, but yeah, um, what uh, kind of theme do you kind of like best in strategy games? You know, there's you know sci-fi strategy games, fantasy, realistic. Um, you know, we've been talking a lot about Mario Rabbids. So That's obviously more of kind of a fantasy type. Uh, um, more, uh, I, don't, I don't know how else you would describe it. Yeah, <laughs> Mario, <laughs> cartoony. I don't know. Cartoony. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I don't know how you how you do that. Which, I, I think I definitely tended to to skew a little bit more towards fantasy or medieval style. Yeah. Um, I think of Age of Empires and Fire Emblem and and things like that. Just because Lord um, of the Rings, Lord Lord of the Rings, yeah. all of those things. I I love fantasy and I'm also pretty big into history and so both of those things yeah. kind of scratches both of those itches for me. I don't like. I think I've said before on the show, but I loved starting maps in Battle for Middle Earth 2 and just literally building up an entire, like an entire kingdom of like the elves and just like building the walls and seeing the structures and the people and just being able to like kind of see all that fantasy world that's like lived in there um, is always just super fun. So I really like the fantasy. Um, and then surprisingly enough, I really like sci-fi too for RTS. Like I've been really, really liking Halo Wars and it's been really cool to kind of see how well that works. And, you know, sci-fi is huge for that genre anyways. You think yeah. of, you know, 
League of Legends and StarCraft and stuff, you know, those are pretty heavy with... Oh, I'm going to correct you. League of Legends isn't a strategy game, I don't think. Does it count as a strategy game? Uh, it's a MOBA. Well, it's, it's real time. Right? Real time. Yeah, I guess so. I don't know. Like with, with Halo, <laughs> Halo Wars, it's got... Yeah. It's RTS, that's strategy, but it has an arena mode that's basically made to be like like uh league oh, of legends really? and stuff. i didn't know that so it has a mode okay, okay. where you're going i, I might there. be wrong then I might so be yeah wrong. Th there's definitely some crossover in those okay. things but um yeah i really like the sci-fi look because you can just go insane so like when you play as like a certain human character you can have um or a certain human faction you have all you know the warthogs and the the uh different like vehicles that way but like if you go with some of the crazy covenant ones you can have jump pack brutes and suicide grunts and ro rocket ship uh scarabs and stuff like that and it can just kind of go crazy off the wall um stuff with lots yeah of fun if, you, if you have sci-fi it kind of lets you do whatever you want yeah totally it doesn't have to be a realistic let's you go crazy with it <laughs> yeah moves that which, which is, is neat yeah which is really fun even i played a little bit of heroes of the storm which is kind of blizzard's answer to league of legends and yeah. starcraft and um, that just takes, you know, so many different crazy fantasy and sci-fi characters, throws them all in and, you know, just does lots of fun, crazy stuff. So I like it when it doesn't take itself too seriously, I guess, yeah. is what I'm saying. Cool. But, which also explains why we like Mario and Rabbids. That game does not exactly. take itself seriously no, at not all. A, not at all. Um, but uh, yeah, what when you think of like your favorite single player strategy game, like what's let's give some recommendations here. Um, if you're looking for a strategy game you want to recommend to someone that's got a really deep, fun single player experience, what do you... Uh, what do you think of? We've talked about it a lot already, but I would just say Mario and Rabbids. Just it's it's because it's so easy to get into. Like very accessible strategy mm -hmm. games. I've I've always enjoyed, but I've always been really bad at. And so when I first played that, I like was able to get through the first three worlds like very very easily. I rarely had to re even retry a level, which is a turnoff for some people. But for someone like me who's not good at strategy games, mm -hmm. that was an enhancement. And yeah. so. And there is a challenge there too, like yeah, you, can... you and there's there's other levels that are more challenging, and you can set certain conditions to make it more challenging for yeah. yourself as well. I, I think if you're just looking like, for that. there's like challenge missions even that are yeah. like super hard to play. Um, so yeah, I, I would also recommend you know Martin Rabbits. We've talked about it a lot. Um, I would specifically also recommend the DK Adventure. Um, I really really loved what they did with that. It was one of my favorite DLCs that I've gotten the last uh, few years, and just how much love and attention to detail they put into you know making everything donkey kong themed and adding some new life into the game but you know keeping some of the familiar um aesthetics it just was a really really awesome experience and um yeah that that game's difficulty i think is the perfect spot like you know kids can play it and not get too frustrated which is great and there's ways you can get assist if you wanted it but you don't have to and um it's really i think a game for all ages but um, yeah, uh, Rob put down on his list here. He recommends uh, Age of Empires 2, Shocker. <laughs> what a surprise. <laughs> uh, Starship Troopers, uh, Terran Ascendancy. So I haven't played Starship Troopers, but uh, um, if uh, you're looking for a good single-player game on PC, uh, you can check uh, check those ones out. Yeah. yeah. Um, as far as uh, consoles, you know, Martin Rabbids, if you're on Switch, yep. I would say Halo Wars 2 is definitely worth checking out if you have an Xbox, which it's also on PC as well. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, I'd say it's the best one on PC, but definitely not the best one on... Or it's the best uh, strategy game on Xbox, but not the best one on PC. Yeah. <laughs> and um, if, you're, if you're on PS4, I would shout out the Tropico series in general. Like, 
that is something. Um, I think Tropico 5 is the most recent one, but I think 6 is supposed to be releasing sometime early next year. Yeah. And um, those games are all on PC as well as PS4. Um, but they work pretty well on PS4. The controls are... Um, they, they've implemented them bad. about as well as you can I played on a console. It, I played it too, and it's it's pretty pretty good. And for a you can also pause it at any time, which is like you can just pause the time. Nice. So that makes it easy to like, oh, I want to pause it, run over yeah. here, and, and do this, etc. That's good. Um, yeah, and if you're on a 3DS, I think Fire Emblem Awakening is the game that we both really really enjoyed, and that was the first Fire Emblem game I ever played, and I loved it. And it was so much content. Like I still haven't finished that game because there's so much like. I thought I finished the game. There's a whole other like second campaign that I had no idea about. So, I um, definitely recommend checking that if you are interested in playing turn-based strategy games or yeah. have a 3DS and somehow you haven't picked up a Fire Emblem game yet. So, um, as far as favorite multiplayer strategy games, um, I would have to go with Pikmin Three, um, which is a very very underrated versus mode. Um, it does come with the disclaimer that this is on the Wii U, <laughs> and um, with that you can't play the versus mode online, which I thought was really um, a big bummer when that, that game came out. But when I did play versus mode uh, with my uh, cousin who got me into the Pikmin series back on the GameCube, um, we had so much when we played for hours, um, just going against each other. You're kind of doing like a tic-tac-toe mode where you're finding different treasures across the map and sending power-ups. And it was really, really well thought out. And I hope if they do make a Pikmin 4 on Switch, they bring that, that mode back with online play because it would be, um, a ton of fun and you know overall single player in that game is great too um, it was one of the few games that used the gamepad really well where basically I played it with the Wiimote and Nunchuck and then you would use the gamepad to kind of quickly jump around the map and like draw routes for your other AI characters and it worked really really well I think it's one of the best controls I've ever had on a strategy game for console so yeah that makes sense so yeah I mean it's a Nintendo first party game you can't really go wrong there but <laughs> Yeah. Um, no, I, specifically the multiplayer. I, I really think the, the multiplayer, was, and there was a couple different modes to it. Wasn't just the yeah. There was there was like challenge modes and like time trial type stuff, yeah. which was cool. But um, I haven't honestly, I've like haven't played really any strategy games multiplayer like against on other people, whether it's locally or online. Mm -hmm. So I I guess I can't really recommend one um in good faith because I haven't played a lot online. Yeah, but. Um, you can just take Rob's recommendation. I'll, I'll just take Rob's <laughs> recommendation, which is Age of Empires 2, which I love the base game and offline of that. So yeah. I assume it's the same thing, but playing against... That game has so much content great. now, and it still holds up really yeah, well. Yeah, well, and they've released, like, what, five new expansions for yeah. it in, like, the last two years. <laughs> which is insane is to me. Insane. Yeah, for sure. Uh, is there any, uh, as we kind of wrap up here, any favorite moments or stories uh, that you've had from playing a strategy game? Oh, gosh. Um... Do you have one? I'll, I'll deflect to you first because I, I was unprepared. Yeah, I think uh, I think it was mission number five in Fire Emblem Awakening where I was playing on hardcore hard mode where uh, basically it was permadeath and hard. So like I got to the point in this game where I hadn't had anyone die yet and I replayed this level over and over and I was staying up late every night trying to beat it going, maybe I'll try it this way or maybe I'll do this way and I'd get so close and then the enemy would get a critical hit and just like wipe out one of my guys right at the end and I'd have to restart. And then finally I just had to sacrifice one of my soldiers at the end and said, forget it. You're I'm dead. Moving on. I'm You're moving dead. on. And um, I, I don't regret it. And I moved on. I really enjoyed the rest of that game. And hopefully uh, that character wasn't too important, but uh, I'll never know. <laughs> That character was a good character or not. I bet his family is still haunting you to this day. It was day. like a little boy who wore a pot on his head. Oh my gosh, you <laughs> killed a child? Apparently. That is horrible. 
He was a child soldier. He knew what we were signing oh, up for. Oh man, man, you should you should feel bad about that. Yeah, he was he was weak though, so yeah. leave behind the weak. Um, mine is I think from Tropico. I was playing it a couple months ago, and I had this really good. Um, I think I was playing like free play mode, and I had this really good civilization mm-hmm. going on. And all of a sudden, I had like three different disasters happen to me at the same time, <laughs> while also I pissed off some uh like foreign country who started attacking me and then my citizens tried to mutiny me and i ended up losing the game this all <laughs> like everyone place. was very every single angry. bad thing happened in like the space of like five minutes and i <laughs> lost goodness. the game and i was like, like well, well I'm that done. was terrible i'm done <laughs> so, yeah oh my goodness well let us know uh what is uh your favorite single player multiplayer strategy game um, or if you have a favorite moment or story, you'd love to, we'd love to hear uh, your stories on Twitter. You can find us at Halison underscore games. So we're going to end the show with what we are playing. Um, I've been playing a lot of different games this week. Um, I'm going to start off by saying I played the Tetris Effect demo, um, which just launched today, actually, on a PSN. It's uh, $40, and it's made by the creator of uh, Res Infinite, which is, if you've never played before, it's a super visual visually stunning game that came out originally on the dreamcast there's lots of really cool electronic music that kind of goes along with the gameplay um and so basically you made this crazy psychedelic tetris game where you can just totally zone out and just be like nothing else matters in the world except for tetris and it's hard hard to explain other than you know it just is really really atmospheric and playing this game in vr is like a must like i wouldn't recommend this game if you don't have vr it's pretty much a tetris game yeah it's still <laughs> just know. regular tetris yeah and there's games. a couple other cool things like you can kind of freeze time and like get up to you know like 16 i think rows uh completed at once and um it's really fun and there's you know different cool stuff in there but playing this game in vr was really really cool and i would totally be into this game if it didn't have a 40 dollar price tag like as amazing as it is i'm like i can't pay 40 dollars for tetris 40 dollars for <laughs> so a version of exactly price. so i'll be looking for this game to go on sale but did want to give it a shout out as hey it's really really cool if you have vr and you love tetris um you know definitely check it out um i think the demo was a limited trial i think it's actually over now the game's out which is yeah, I think it was. which is a bummer but uh yeah really really impressed uh with that but you know i'm saving my vr money for when beat saber comes out if it ever comes out someday still, it's, it's they said this come out in 2018 they right? said this year and you know it's getting to the point where it's going to come out like on the same day as smash i'm not going to care anymore Gosh, so yeah hopefully that's uh soon but um, other than that, I did play a Swap This. It is on Nintendo Switch. We got a review code from Two Tribes. Um, it is only a dollar and nineteen. So if you are on a budget on this Nintendo Switch, yeah. this is the game for you. Um, it was basically a mobile game that they made, I think, about five years ago, and it got pulled from the store. And they switched around a lot of things, and they've been kind of looking at ways to bring this back. And the Switch, they kind of saw as the perfect platform to bring this game back. And it's essentially just a match uh, for puzzle game. Um, but the aesthetic, you're in like water. There's these cute little fish animals. There's, I think, like 60 set puzzles that you go through where you have to kind of think and plan it out like a strategy game. Or there's more just the endless type modes where you quickly switch things around. Um, there's not a lot to this game. I, I feel like I kind of had seen everything I wanted to see after about an hour. That being said, I paid, or you know, you would pay a dollar nineteen for that an hour. hour. It's pretty good paid itself off yeah Yeah. Yeah. and it does work with the motion controls uh with the switch using a pointer so um i didn't really play with that very much i just kind of saw that it worked but it's basically you know just a touchscreen game you can play and um it's kind of fun if you just want to play a quick easy game on the go it 
I wouldn't play this game if it was on PS4 or anything else. Yeah. But the fact that it's on the Switch and I can just play it on the couch while, you know, something like Destiny's loading up or while I'm Netflixing is pretty cool. So, yeah, check it out. It's called Swap This um, on the eShop. If you're looking for a really fun easy game, this is the best under $3 game on the eShop. Wow. <laughs> that, I, that I have played. <laughs> I was going to say, I feel like it's taking a title from a couple other games you've played on there. So yeah, that's, so that's it's, it's pretty fun. My wife really likes it. She likes puzzle games. And yeah. so. Uh, she's kind of been sitting down and playing this game a lot, which is uh, pretty cool. But, nice. Anything um, else? Yeah, I've been getting more, more the Gears Four more. <laughs> Did you? So have you beaten the story? Have you played through the? No, I, I, at all? I think I just you... finished the first act. So okay, I'm okay. still pretty early on in the campaign. Uh, I've been playing actually a lot of multiplayer, which I did not expect when I bought this game. I thought I'd be playing the campaign. Yeah. But getting back into this multiplayer has been a lot of fun. It's really, really well done. Um, there's a really fun mode called dodgeball where like it's five on five. You have one life, but basically it's like dodgeball or if you kill someone on the other team, it tags in the next person on your team who had died. Oh, so like if you caught a ball in real life in dodgeball. Yeah, exactly. And it does it in order. So like if I'm the first one to die on my team, as soon as any person on my team gets a kill, I'll be back in and then the next person can get in. And so you have this really cool kind of catch up mechanic where even if you're down five one, you can kind of catch up. Um, and then I think it's like best two out of three rounds at that, but played a lot of that. They had a double XP like weekend. That was like seven times the experience. So oh, gosh. <laughs> this game's been out for so long that they just do crazy just experience. Do whatever, yeah. So I, yeah, it was fun. I went from rank one to rank 35 in like two hours, which wow. was great. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, but yeah, really, really fun. The horde mode in this game is insane with how complicated it is. I'm not sure if it's too complicated yet, but there's like, dozens of like skills that you unlock and upgrade that you equip to give you extra perks kind of like an rpg almost system and you can place fortifications and weapons anywhere you want but you basically have to pick up loot after you defeat enemies now so basically you defeat an enemy and you have to basically run over where their body was to get like power currency and then you use that to then purchase things um to make your your so fortifications you have to better. like tag your enemy to to get essentially yeah it's trying to get you away from i think just sitting in a corner sitting in one the spot time. and <laughs> building up your fortifications and not moving the entire yeah kind of and game. you share the power between your teammates too or you can hoard it for yourself if you want to so mm-hmm. you know you can have one i i would think if i i don't have friends to play with but if i had multiple friends to play this with you know we could designate different roles of hey you know you sit back you just run up get close and get power and you be in charge of building fortifications. So um, it is it is pretty deep, and I'm looking forward to playing it more. But just the matchmaking for it is kind of dead. Like the like two matches I've up. done, it put me into a match by myself, and it was sad, and I just oh. keep getting destroyed with no one to revive <laughs> yeah, me. Yeah, that makes it so, hard. So um, I, I think I might just cave and get another Xbox One controller for like Christmas money or something like that. Cause, so you can have- because the whole game split screen. The, yeah, like yeah. you can play every mode in Gears 4 with a split screen, you know, that's buddy. Awesome. So that's nice. I think it'd be fun to, you know, have you over play some horde mode, uh, split yeah. screen, like good yeah. old times. So oh, that sounds um, fun. Yeah. And play lots of Destiny 2, got Malfeasance, which is really hard to get exotic weapon wow. in Destiny 2. Congratulations. Um, took a lot, a lot of work, but it, it was uh, worth it. It's a beast in the Gambit mode, which is my favorite mode to play. Nice. So. Um, I have to confess, I feel I have a little bit of Destiny 2 guilt right now because I haven't been playing at all. <laughs> and they had like this What's awesome Halloween event. I don't know. It's like 5.45 or okay. something So like you're that. all practically raid ready. Yeah. Though. 
Um, but they had this awesome Halloween event where you could get the 600 level and it wasn't that hard. And I only played it for like it. three days, so I didn't even get it. <laughs> so I, that would have that would have helped. That yeah, I know, I know that would have jumped me up a bunch. So yeah. I feel a little bit guilty, but I, I, I did the opposite. Okay. I probably played too much. I'm like, oh, the event's ending. I gotta play as much as I can. Yeah. Um, I played a little bit of the Rocket League event too because they had like a spider web decal. I'm like, oh, I need the Spider-Man car. I gotta do it. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I know it's it's hard to to dedicate your time to these limited time events for sure. Yeah. Yeah. games but if you didn't play destiny 2 what were you playing um i got back into nba 2k19 last week for some reason i think <laughs> some reason. actually okay so here's Maybe the, the nba so just started and the yeah. nba just started but also i realized something um so we were house sitting for sir mr fields on twitter um friend of the show and we were house sitting for him and i played 2k at his house and i was like oh my gosh i'm so much better what's the difference and i realized that the rumble in our controller is broken really and like the shot meter in the controller like you control it you can see there's a little prompt on screen but like it also does a certain rumble when it's oh, at the, okay the appropriate height to release it and i'm pretty sure the reason that i was a lot better was because <laughs> the rumble wasn't broken I helped out with your timing. <laughs> and it made me play like a lot oh better goodness. that's so funny so now i'm like i gotta get a new ps4 controller that actually works <laughs> So that's I just funny. I just thought that was really funny, but um, who knew Rumble could have that big of an yeah, effect? Yeah, I know, right? I, I don't usually think of that. <laughs> but the other game I did just get yesterday um, is Red Dead Redemption Two. Cowboys, cowboys, cowboys. I I've only played I think I've put like two and a half hours into it or something like that. Um, so I basically just got through kind of the prologue okay. um, and just opened up the open world area. Especially in a game like Red Dead, two and a half hours is just yeah, no, it's barely like a scratching huge the surface. Game, just barely, barely, barely scratching the surface. But I've really enjoyed what I've played so far. I think like having kind of read opinions and heard people talk about this game for the last two weeks has mm-hmm. helped me put because people are like, "This is a slow game. Like, yeah. it's kind of a slow burn. Don't go in and expect to be able to do everything right away." And so I jumped in. I was like, "All right, it's going to be kind of a slow moving game. I'm ready to kind of put myself in that mode." Yeah. And I really enjoyed the first couple hours. Um, the like, the story it's trying to tell and the cinematics are just absolutely incredible. Like, the world looks beautiful, but also like, um, as you're going through and doing these story missions, you're almost always talking to someone, someone of your gang, and they're giving you a lot of kind of deep backstory and lore on what's happening and what's going on. Oh, cool. And so, so lots of just like natural yeah, dialogue. Yeah, and like lots playing. of natural dialogue. And then as you're riding along, it'll just kind of seamlessly go into the cinematic mode where hmm. um, it show, it looks like a Western movie. Like I was playing it last <laughs> night and my wife Ashley was like, this looks, this is like a movie basically. And so, <laughs> yeah. which they've talked about being, you know, kind of going for that feel. Yeah, that it's incredibly thing. polished and detailed already. Like, yeah, exactly. So, um, yeah, the, the thing that said to me the few minutes I played before we started here um, was just all the different dialogue options. Like, you can go up to, like, any NPC and kind of, like, greet or antagonize or, like, you have the, kind of these different options. And it doesn't bring you into, like, a full, like, dialogue option, like something like Fallout or Skyrim where you pick exactly what you say. Uh, but you just kind of can say these things on the fly. And, like, the dialogue is, like, hilarious and just really, really well performed. And it's just kind of fun news it sucks you in like you're really in this world like yeah. you're not just these aren't just you know computers walking around it feels like you know you're really a part of a really cool environment 
Exactly, exactly. Like, like remember, I, I hunted that rabbit. I killed a rabbit, <laughs> skinned it, and then I put it on my horse, and then I got this warning. It's like, uh, the rabbit's starting to decompose. If I were you, I would go sell that. So I went into town to try and sell it. Every store I walked in, they're like, ah, get that thing out of here. What are you even bringing that in here? And it's like, I guess that probably would happen if you killed a dead animal and carried it around for way too long. Yeah, for a long time. <laughs> no one would want you to bring that into what their place. What are you place. doing? Yeah, exactly. So, really, really cool. Just the details they've thought of in this in this game. Yeah, the I will say like the controls do feel a little bit like kind of clunky, which is something people have have talked about. Um, the shooting actually feels a little bit better than I was expecting. Like better than the first one. Yeah, for sure. it, it's not too hard to aim. You can see your reticle pretty well, but just the amount of options that they're trying to throw at you like you use sometimes you use the l2 button to pull up and talk to characters other times you use it to aim your gun um and so it's kind of based on what your situation is and sometimes there was one time where i accidentally shot at someone i was trying to talk <laughs> oh, to no. i was like oh that's probably not the best say hi yeah exactly so oh. But cool. I'm excited to uh, keep hearing updates. As yeah, no, I'll give you more it. updates. I feel like I'm so early in the game. I don't yeah. have a ton to say yet. But. Yep. Very cool. Well, thank you so much for listening to uh, this week's episode. We hope you enjoyed it. And uh, hopefully you're playing lots of uh, Red Dead Redemption 2 or uh, other uh, great fall games. And like I said, Smash Bros. is right around the corner. So this is the time to finish off all those games. Uh before Smash comes out, that's, that's what I'm doing. That's what that's weird. <laughs> You're trying to get everything done before yeah, Smash comes exactly. out. Yeah, exactly. So um, we will leave you, however, with the uh, Super Smash Brothers uh, main theme song, now featuring lyrics. Wow. <laughs> All right. I'm excited. Have a great week, everyone. We'll see you next time. See ya.